Good evening, everybody. Thank you all so much for joining us. You join us on a day that President Biden has, or President-elect Biden has been announced as the 46th President of the United States. And we lost to bottom of the conference, Dagenham and Redbridge in the FA Cup first round. I, my panellists, if that's a word we can use. Uh, Ian, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Alex. And yourself? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Ian has been supporting Grimsby Town since about the 90s. And he has never been happier than he is at the moment. <laughs> it's a low bar. It's a low bar. <laughs> and as we all um, are, well, me and Ian is anyway, are um, locked in COVID fever and are unable to move out of our house. There is a man who is currently breathing in the Welsh breaths of freedom. Shamai, how are you, Tom? How, are the, how is Wales? Oh, Diane, do you um, yes, coming out of lockdown on Monday. Get in. <laughs> Are you ready to go for a stroll, walk up Snowden? Well, you you can go out and exercise anyway during this lockdown. So I've been doing that. Uh, but I will be going to play football on Monday night um, for the first time in a couple of weeks, which is uh, very exciting. We've, we've just got two reasons. There's also a tweet I expect to see from Sam over the week coming yeah. out to play football for the first time in a few weeks. I've got, we've got two ringers in our five-a-side team now and it's bloody beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose we, we need to talk about it. Um, we'll, st- we'll start with the uh, most pre- pressing matter. So a 3-1 defeat to bottom of the league in the conference, Dagenham and Redbridge. They got through 1-0 against Hartley and Whitney, who are a team that play up the road from me and who I have put three past their goalkeeper and I am terrible at football. Um, so um, take from that what you will. Um, Tom, how are you feeling? I think you're going to be far more measured than I am. Uh, no, I thought it was a, a poor result. Uh, they're, they're basically just over a whole division below us. And um, whilst I thought we, we had passages of play which were good, for example, the sort of last 10 minutes or so before half-time from about 35 to 40 minutes where we really had him under the cosh and probably should have scored an equaliser at that point uh, with the chances we had. Um, I think to, you know, to lose 3-1 to the, the side that is rock bottom of the conference is uh, it's just not good enough. And what are we? this is our 13th game of the season. I think we sort of some hard criticism has to be laid at uh, Holloway's door. I think now. I no, know. you haven't. You haven't lost me. I was talking on mute, as is the way in 2020. Uh, <laughs> I was just saying that hopefully that's your dog and not mine, because mine hopefully doesn't make noises like that. Yeah. So, Ian, what are your thoughts as well? I would like the reasonable measure. You guys are the reasonable opinions of the podcast. Uh, so, I want the measured thoughts and and the responsible response to to this defeat that's gonna be pretty tough for me to be honest with you Alex um I think we all know I was a pretty big critic of the kind of squad that was being put together at the start of the season anyway it's just awful isn't it to be quite honest the fact that you know I think we said in the group recently that in the last four games we'd had three expected goals and 
you can say what you like about expected goals as a stat, but if that's coming out that the, the people would have expected to have, to have scored three times in four games, and then today, by all accounts, that um, we've gone down 3-1 to the team bottom of the conference, and our goal was from a penalty. Um, didn't look like we created an awful lot against them. Pretty porous at the back as well in terms of conceding three, them hitting the woodwork and multiple chances. I think Tom's right. There's got to be something coming from Holloway right now to um, kind of earn his wage, so to speak, unless he's going to donate the 100 grand to pay for his wage first. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it, in terms of Dagenham and Redbridge. I mean, even I was confident at half-time. I thought we were playing pretty well. We were creating chances. We had a, I think we had a Stonewall penalty rejected, if you want to talk about opportunities missed early on when Matt Green was taken down, not too dissimilar to the penalty that they got given uh, towards the end of the game. I'm not sure if anybody else saw that. Tom, you're shaking your head. Yeah, I, th- I think it was one of them that is perhaps... Uh, I think they, their commentary team were fairly relieved they didn't get given, uh, which is fairly telling, isn't it? But, you know, that again, like Ian said, we're, we're, putting our, we're pinning our hopes on a was winning a penalty when really Matt Green got through. When did he get through? Uh, he had a big chance, sort of about 20, 25 minute mark, um, where it, it seemed to sort of bounce funny as, as it went through past the keeper. I, I couldn't decide whether it hit the post or just sort of bounced funny as it went past the keeper and, and past the far post. Um, and then just before they actually scored, we'd We'd missed a good chance and then they pretty much went straight down the other end uh, and scored. And it's just that same old sort of story of what has been the case in a lot of the games where we haven't had a win this season. We haven't taken the few chances that we do create. And then because whatever's going on at the back... I don't know, but we, we seem to give away quite a few chances and the other teams are just a bit more clinical. I mean, and this that is a, what happened today. Yeah, and this is a team that I think they've scored three goals in the league uh, since the start of the season. They haven't played since the 26th of October, though that sounds further away than it probably was, probably about a week and a half or so. Um, I'm really surprised. I mean, they also, I think they hit the woodwork twice. I'm not sure. I know they hit, the, the, they hit it once. And then I think there was a shot that went near side goal in the second half, which I think may have also clipped the post. Um, and they also made, made Maka pull out a half-decent save. Um, so they were creating a lot of chances given the amount of possession we had. Um, what, what's going wrong? What, is, what are we missing? And I'll open that up to everyone. For me, the same things I was sort of worried about at the start of the season. It's experience. We've gone and got a lot of players with good potential, perhaps, including the loanees. They've all looked good in spurts, but there is absolutely no accounting for experience and people who understand league football. Um, even the people in our squad that have got, in our own squad, forget the loanees, that have got potential and have had a few games for town, people such as Pollock, they are still very, very new to football at this level um, as promising as they may look and a lot of it at that point comes down to your mentality for the game for me you can be the most talented player out there 
but if you haven't quite got again some of the experience maybe the determination to come back from certain situations and I'm not saying that these players won't have it in the future by the way it's just that when you put a lot of young players on a pitch together it's very difficult and they probably need somebody to guide and lead them as much as they actually need more ability on the pitch at the moment It's interesting I mean Josh Jensen is just um, our Norwegian mariner has just reminded us that Moses Ogbu is currently on 12 goals for the season in the Swedish league uh, just if you wanted everyone to know, um, which is wonderful. Um, Wilson, he scored against us for Macclesfield last season, if I remember rightly, someone pointed out. Um, this is obviously a team that must be struggling with confidence as much as Town are. And yet he was quick to the good, made a brilliant, uh, I think it was poured defensively from us for the first goal, uh, but also had another opportunity as well when he came through uh, and, and hit the post. Um, why aren't our strikers like that? <laughs> They're just lacking any sort of clinical nature, aren't they? Matt Green was on his ass most of the time in the first half than he was on his feet. And that was probably because of studs. Um, Tom, any, any other thoughts? Because I'm, I'm trying hard to sort of put together other than just saying, because I'm pissed off. I thought we were shit. I think you've been a bit harsh on Green today. Um, I th- he, he had a, a, a few good chances. All right, he didn't take him, but he certainly was in positions to score today and was highlighted by the Dagenham commentary team um, as a dangerous player, which I, I think he he was. He, um, well, like I say, he had, a, he had a couple there. Was it um, yeah, Will Wright? Oh, no, that was from uh, Waterfall, wasn't it? That Will Wright. But um, he definitely had like two clear-cut chances and then he had that header as well, which the keeper sort of tipped over um, from a corner. Um, I, I just think, for me personally, there was a, a, um, a passage of play in the first half where we played it quite nicely and, and Hendry had sort of wandered right up front and he was on the edge of the box and, and someone played it into his feet on the edge of the box and then no one sort of made a forward run in towards the box um, for him to lay it off to. It ended up going out wide and we ended up losing possession. And there's something I've had sort of mentioned in previous pods, like in terms of like sort of breaking lines and creating overloads going forward in the final third of the game, we're not very good at that. Um, and I personally think that's something that you work on on, on the training ground, you, you, you work on like working from the middle third to the final third of the pitch and, and creating those situations. And we just don't seem to be able to do that. I, okay, it comes down to natural ability of some players to be able to see space and see a run. But I also think it's something that you can work on. And our distinct lack of ability to do it suggests that we're not... Um, you know, we're not in tune to it enough as a result of not working enough on the training ground at it. Do you think, so I, don't, I, I can't remember what, form, what formation were we playing today? Was it 3-4-3 or 4-3-3? I think we changed it halfway through, didn't we? But was it 3 yeah, I didn't four, make three, a note three? of it today, to be honest. I thought it was 4-3-3, but it depends yeah. as much as anything on where Bennett was, was stationed. But it looked more 4-3-3 to me. Bennett do you think, is deep. Do you think these three four three, the three four three and the four three three that we're currently playing, 
sort of doesn't lend itself to having people centrally. It's it's more about focusing the attacks down the wings and, and putting it there, and that's why we're maybe struggling with. So you need a half the you need a Hansen in the middle to make the those ability those those chances in the in the on the wings count. No, because we're just not getting anyone in the box, are we? As you said, you're, you're as you alluded to, we're not getting anyone in the box. No one's making those runs. Is that just a lack of creativity from our players and a lack of general footballing ability, or because you don't need to be on the training pitch to to make those runs, do you? You don't need to be on the pitch to, to, to source an opportunity and see and to know that, well, I've got to go centrally. I've got to get in there. Unless it's fitness-based as well, which is something we've mentioned before. If you're uh, not feeling fit enough that when the ball's on the other side and it might be coming across that you're going to get in at the back post and things like that, completely different level, I accept when I say this, but you've got somebody like Raheem Sterling at the moment for the last couple of years who's turned into one of the top goal scorers in England purely on the back of getting tappings in six yards away from goal, mm. pretty much. Now, yes, accept that is a completely different level, but to run in at the back post when a cross is being played over is a couple of things. One, it's awareness and anticipation, but also potentially, as I say, fitness. You don't feel fresh enough to continue making that run at the back post on the off chance it goes there. You're just not going to do it because your mind switches off. Can you remember any instances in where players are attacking that back post? Like as we're, as we're well, making those counter-attacks? I thought there was you know, one thing that we did do quite well today was um, when we tried to break forward, we did employ sort of a, a long cross-field ball to the right wing. And I thought we executed that on several occasions quite well where we retained possession of the ball and were sort of getting down our right-hand side, their left. Um, fairly well and the goal scored against Barrow was one of those occasions where someone had gotten at the back post and there was I think there was one in the first half where it got like flashed across the box um, but nobody I think you know, Bennett no was closest to it wasn't weren't they yeah no if one I was think... just getting that extra yard to, to get there I, I don't know like a I just think we're a few seasons ago, it would have been around sort of 2009, 10, maybe 2008, 9. We played uh, Lincoln in a derby at home, and one of my mates went and he sent me a text midway through the first half and said, This game isn't about who's the best, it's about who's the shittest. And I kind of feel like um, we're involved in quite a lot of those games at the minute, and we're the main. <laughs> perpetrator of that do you think um, we just drag the teams down to our level is that is that what we do uh I, I, yeah i just think we sort of don't know we we lack like ian was saying about our lack of experience you know we've got macker in goal waterfall at the back hendry at the back green at the back we've got rose in midfield now preston i mean between the the six of them there must be a fair number of football league appearances and and therefore experience. Like, I think the spine of the side has, maybe not the midfield, but the spine of the side has like um, a, a decent amount of experience. And surely you, you, most, you know, a lot of people say you build your side from the back. And I feel like the back four should be a lot sturdier than it is. And, it, and, and when, we're, when we're not making those forward runs and 
keeping the ball high in the opposition half, the ball's coming straight back at us. And I think that's causing the chaos at the back as well. So we're just not, you know, we're just not, um, we're just not a cohesive outfit really at the minute, are we? I think you've hit the nail there though. Sorry, um, Alex, just to go back. Um, Sorry, Tom, I think you've hit the nail there though with it it coming back. So there's a lot of lack of experience high up the pitch. All right, we've got Matt Green, but unfortunately I just don't think he's good enough and haven't for a while um, willing to be proven wrong on that, of course, over the season and will happily humble pie if he scores the hat-trick to take us up in the playoff final. Well, it's November, Um, so he better hurry up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... There's there's a lack of experience higher up the pitch at the moment. <clears throat> the you've then you named a few players yourself there, and you talked particularly Rosie midfield. I agree, would has got a lot of experience and at a higher level as well. Um, Maka with the best one in the world to him. Yes, he is experienced. He's got a lot of games under his belt. Um, you would have to ask whether his own lack of form is affecting his ability to kind of marshal those around him and offer some leadership. Um, I thought he did okay today, though, didn't he? I mean, he came out for a few. He, he really did come for some difficult crosses and and held them, and he made a, a, a couple of decent saves. Like, I, I actually think there was there was one. Uh, okay. The main the main problem we have, I, I think we've said on this pod, is his distribution. And there was one when he thought a little bit outside the box and took almost like a throw in in his own box to to get the ball out into and to start the counter attack quickly. Um, but yeah, I thought he was all right. But then again, he conceded three or well, two. We can't really count a penalty, can you? Um, but then you've also got to go alongside that as well is the second goal um, yeah. with the ball past short to Morton. Now, <clears throat> that kind of sums up maybe the lack of experience stroke leadership that I'm referring to. That ball, it's cost us a few times this season. Now, there's one point of following manager's uh, direction and instruction, but you're also on the pitch. And the whole thing that coaches these days teach players to do is to learn and to problem solve during the game. Talk, uh, yes, talk you go out there ball. with your instructions. It, we are with the best one in the world at the bottom end of League Two, um, playing against the team who was probably better than us on the day are a bit pumped up seeing it as a free hit and we've played ourselves into trouble uh, again by passing it short to the edge of the box not giving the player on the ball enough options to deal with and especially in the last few moments of the match was it the 89th minute yeah 90th maybe yeah there's just got to be a bit of intelligence amongst our play that maybe, or maybe 90th minute is not the best time for me to, to try a risky, relatively risky move of passing it to the edge of our box. Maybe we'll play the percentages a little bit. We are Grimsby. We have this reputation of playing passing football, but there also has to be some degree of game management and understanding of situation as well. Can I, can I say on that, though? I feel sometimes when we talk about Grimsby having a reputation for um, passing football, I think that's sometimes how the same that West Ham fans feel that like they have a reputation for playing attacking football. It's like, yeah, maybe a reputation for you, but we're all just harking back to the 90s. <laughs> oh, no, I think you're being really unfair on Paul Hurst there. Um, I think at times against Paul Hurst, we, we played 
sorry, when we had Paul Hurst as manager, we did play some decent football at the Lincoln game at home. I can't remember if there's a season we got promoted. But, it, but what I'm trying to say, so I'm not being critical. I'm not trying to be critical of Pearl Hurst, even though probably our most successful point was when it was lumping it up to Monkhouse uh, from Macca goal kicks. But um, it, it's not, we weren't known for it. We just played nice football because we were a decent team at the time, weren't we? It's not, we were definitely under Buckley. It became a point of a reputation. I just, I, it's just a, it's just an off point. It wasn't something that we needed to. Yeah, well, I'm still going to make a point of that because uh, I, I would agree that we do have, as a club, a reputation for playing uh, decent football. We've got a and reputation the at the moment for being the bottom time of the fourth we did division. Play decent mate. football was, it, was, it, was when we had Slade as manager and he oofed it. And that's a fact. And there will be someone who will reply with some Slade goals where we managed to string about three passes together and say we played decent football, but we didn't. We were fucking crap on the Slade. Are you harking back, though, to a time of, of gone by, though? Because let's be honest, we haven't been out of the fourth division since 2003. So no, but I think the standard of the fourth division has come on loads um, in the last 20 years, just as uh, non-league footballers has come on loads in the last 20 years. You know, uh, I was watching the Marine game on the BBC website today and you know, Marine didn't have any porkers playing for him. And 20 years ago when I was going to watch Boston United play on a Tuesday night, they'd always be like one of the teams that have like a chubster at the back just like putting his foot through it. I, I think... Matt sort of, Reed dislikes this comment. Non-league. <laughs> non-league now. Um... The, the the players are genuine athletes. John Parkin so dislikes this comment. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're fit, fit players, and I think you can say the same for, for Lee. Steve McNulty. <laughs> Steve McNulty, <laughs> my <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, so, I think if you look at the teams that get promoted from League Two now as well, it's the teams that actually try and play football. Matt Reed dislikes this comment. The teams that <laughs> lump it forward generally aren't as, as successful. I, no, I no, you're probably true. But I think I, Lincoln. I think there are teams that are quite successful in, 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 they basically just take on a little bit more than we used to do in the conference where you used to have a decent team that knew its place, kept us shape and sort of um, had a decent set piece opportunity and, and was, was pretty, like look at Salford, look at Newport. They're quite gamesmanship, Mansfield as well, quite gamesmanshipy and, and able to run games down, aren't they? But I agree with your point yeah, in general. I don't, I don't think that always detracts from their ability to play football. Though. I, I think that's the modern game management thing that you, some people will agree is just a part. You know, it's the the dark arts and other people. And I, to be honest, with you, I don't think Holloway is one of them people. I think Holloway would is not going to be one of them people who encourages you to engage in the dark arts. Uh, well. Okay, well, um, let's have a look, see what... Is there anything else we want to well, talk about the match before we go on to tweets? Because we've got quite a few. Yeah, let's go on to the tweets. Much shit, won't it? So, I was going to go from top down, but we spoke about Moses Ogbu a second ago. Do you think we're releasing... Is there a reason why strikers can perform everywhere but at town? Jack Coupland asked that. I think uh, uh, the, why? the penny pinching has seen to that, hasn't it? If we'd have just put money in the pocket for Ammon, he'd probably still be here. That's a really good point. The amount of money we waste on shit strikers. Like, look at Green. Hansen was a half-decent player, but he's obviously cropped, and I don't think we're going to see much of him now until his contract runs out. 
how much money have we pissed up the wall on on sort of mediocre strikers that could be spent on a, a half decent one? Like, who gives a shit if they're on six grand a week if they're actually putting in twenty goals a season? Because we just don't have that. Uh, the only thing I would ask, just in response to Jack, is how saying about how many strikers have gone on to perform elsewhere. How many have? Uh, I, I, would, you, Jack, I, would you count Jamil them, Matt? Would you count Matt? Matt? Yeah. He did okay at Newport, but isn't he without a club at the moment? No, he's at Forest Green. Oh, yeah, he played, Forest Green, he played against us last weekend. That's Amund, <laughs> Paris, Cowan, Hall, he was, was on uh, the bench. He was a though, wasn't he? Paris, Cowan, Hall, though, in his defence, he was made of glass, wasn't he? Well, he's made a career for himself because he's still playing. Um, I think he, I think we'd look at the, the team that came up and we talk about the strikers that we had in that team, which would be, obviously, Amund... Bogle and Bogle. the season before John Lewis. Patrick um, Hoban playing in the Europa League. Paddy Hope scoring in the Europa League. Um, <laughs> but with with the best one in the world, you know, we just mentioned Ogbu a second ago. I think we could see from the standard of the way a couple of the players that came over, Ogbu, Seb Ring, for example, when they've struggled to adapt to League Two, that there is quite a big difference between the Swedish League and even the English League Two. So Ogbu getting 12 goals in, in Sweden doesn't necessarily stand out to me as somebody we've lost out on as such. I, I think you're a bit right though with the penny pinching, but I don't necessarily think it's that we've wasted money on going for these players. We just haven't paid out for the bigger one. I think we it's a risk, soon. don't we? We, just look at, we don't look at the long term. We don't go, well, if we're going to spend, if we're going to buy green on two grand a week, three grand a week, the same with Hansen, that's six grand a week that we're doing. Why don't we just have one decent striker and then, like Holloway said, like Cissé and Gibson and Ira Jackson have cost the same as Cardwell and Rose. Like, that's, that's what I would much prefer. We're, we're save a penny, spend a pound type club. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we go for the cheap and then we, you know, I just think back to the old loan window. It doesn't quite work the same now. But I think back to the way we used to be and we were panicking late February, early March, get three or four big signings in on big wages yeah. stay up in the league or do what we wanted to achieve and then next year we'd go back to the same way we started the season and in then, the same way go get everyone cheap and in the same way you also have the point at the end of the season everyone comes in for a fiver everyone comes in for a tenner pay what you want at that point when we're desperate and everything's nervous instead of saying let's pay a tenner when we're third in the conference and pushing for promotion ram everybody in then and gives people a better idea. Those who don't come that often go, and actually town can be half decent. Um, I agree. Um, Mark James says, right, in my opinion on the podcast, the one thing I think we are dearly missing, and probably we've touched on already, is we're missing a spine to the team. The only thing we've had to celebrate in the past 15 years was the win at Wembley. Uh, and for me, we had a spine of Macca, Pearson, Disley and Bogle or Amund. Uh, what would we give for that now? The spine enables the rest of uh, rest uh, to form around us. It works for us human beings. Well, he's obviously had too much drink to drink, uh, but um, he's got a, he's got a point there in terms of we and we were already touching on it. You've got a half decent spine at the back now with Macca, Pollock, and and Rose. It's it's the two guys in front of that, isn't it? Who do you see that being in the squad at the moment? I think we need one of those non-league recruits to develop really quickly. Yeah. Where is Jackson? Where is Ira Jackson? In the reserves. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, 
you can't you can't say wrong with that. But it's it's a shame. He must get really disheartened that he's not being played at all, mustn't he? Yeah, I mean he's, he's been scoring, hasn't he, for the reserves? So yeah, it'd be nice to see what's what's going on uh, with. Maybe you'll get a chance in the uh, whatever it's called now, the the spoilt football league trophy. So uh, Matthew Lond as well said. Uh, uh, he's wondering whether or not there was a late change because Taylor was obviously told that he wasn't able to play today, but then did by Wolves. Do you think the, the team um, were practising for, for Morton? Uh, obviously, we were missing Tilly, Edwards, Wright and Hewitt. Uh, Gibson and, and Green have swapped a fair bit. Um, do you think that's had any sort of impact on today's performance? I've got impressed with Tilly since he's this season. I, I don't necessarily think the changes are having... <laughs> Well, I'm going to slightly constrict myself here because I know there's been conversations in our group, from, particularly with yourself, Tom, talking about changes from game to game, um, which have been relatively modest, actually, to be fair. But then we have also used more players than anybody else in the league. Um, there has to become a point where you are rotating. Are you rotating because of the quick turnaround of games or are we rotating for the sake of rotation? And have we brought in? too big of a squad where Holloway's told everybody, yes, you'll get game time. Because as you mentioned, there's a couple of players that are barely getting any minutes at all and we've still used 28 players in our 13th game of the season. Yeah, I think I think basically a lot of those, that, that number is, is basically where it is because right at the beginning of the season we were making sort of like five or six changes per game. Whereas in the last, you know, I think I said to you before we came on the pod, Ian, in, in the last five games, the most changes we've made is three. And it's basically been sort of the same group of players that have been used. I, I think people sort of saying we're making too many changes, uh, sort of glossing over the facts, really. I think these days from game to game, it's very rare that any team plays the same 11, two, three weeks on the trot. Um, and given that we're playing two games a week and we have been doing since the start of the season um, it's only natural that they make changes I, I, I just think we're a little like we've said already the, the players that we've got up front are perhaps lacking a little bit of experience and the, the older heads that we've got maybe you know Hanson and Green just aren't up to it anymore uh, and then in midfield, we're, we're the same. The only area where we've got any stability is the back four or five, which is pretty much the same players every week. Um, and Gar obviously that doesn't get you goals in general, which is why we're not winning. Gary Stafford says uh, slayed out always. Totally agree. Don't think even need, we need to put that to the panel. Um, uh, Joe Turner says, I hate the hyperbole that goes when uh, town, when we uh, win, we're going up. Or lose, insert name managers out. I don't think anyone has called for his net his head yet. I just, I think I said that um, maybe can we have the cash now just in case. Uh, that's something we haven't discussed. Um, uh, but I think fans are, are more than entitled to criticise. The club seems doomed to fail as long as Fenty is lingering around. Uh, and then Mike Mariner came off the top back of that. Fenty should have walked away and let someone else take control. Uh, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> <laughs> Can we not deconstruct that point? Uh, yeah, sack the board. Um, <laughs> still, uh, so Matthew Lon still says it still thinks it's too 
soon to judge. It's been a disjointed season, hardly any meaningful training time together, not helped by injuries or having two weeks in isolation. He has two weeks now of training, which is a good point given the Newport game called off and the fact that we've got the games in the Timpot Trophy that don't matter. Um, he has two weeks uh, training. There needs to be an improvement after that. Treat it as a, big seat, uh, a pre-season and fuck the trophy off. That's fine. Um, but and then I came back and said, oh, do you think there was a meet? You, you talked about the lack of meaningful training. Uh, is that also down to us with us obviously having a really shit pre-season? Uh, and we took a very long time to settle our side, which again could be down to penny pinching. The preseason was a big arrow uh, error he came back with. We're still catching up. I sense Holloway's massively regrets that. He needs to in, uh, to identify his best team and stick with it. Injuries ex, ex, uh, accepted, expected. Um, and then Mike, Mike, Mike McMahon says, um, Ollie doing fine in my opinion. Um, honestly think he needs the time to get his style going. How often is the past have we moaned about bad football but getting results? Transitioning in a weird season for me. But obviously areas need to be addressed. Fans have every right to be critical, uh, but some do seem to go over the top at any opportunity they get. Positives are our centre-halves and our position of play. Cohesion in the final third is obvious change needed, maybe two up top to get more forward and to take a risk in the final third. That's what I was saying, the 4-3-3. Maybe just get take two guys centrally and it forces them to be together in the box, I guess. Uh, completely, and then... Um, I don't know if anyone got anything to say on that. I, I agree with, obviously, we keep possession. We're quite comfortable with the ball. It's just in our half of no one near us. Yeah, we're comfortable with the ball. Then we do what we maybe would have done as a team under Slade, to be fair, and a couple of others in the past where we, we then hit it forward and it just goes out for a throw. Well, does it? Does it <laughs> that's, yeah. Do you, do, Tom, do you think it's a game of hot potatoes sometimes with our ball that... The, the players get very anxious that they've had the ball for, let's be honest, 45 seconds to a minute. And they start worrying and go, shit, we're not actually going anywhere with this. We cut and they, they don't trust the forward line to keep making movements to create channels and create space. And then they just lump it, don't they? Do you think that's an issue with just our team? Or do you think that's an issue with lower league football in general? Um, I think the main culprits for that for us are the uh, Pollock and Waterfall. <laughs> um, they just sort of, you know, it comes back maybe once and then goes back across the back four again and then Pollock and Waterfall just seem to get bored and think bollocks to it. I'll just lump it forward and see what happens. Whereas when Taylor plays, he tries to drop, drop short for it. But then, as I've said in previous podcasts, when he sort of starts going towards the centre third of the pitch. No one's really making sort of interesting runs off him. So we end up going square and then it ends up going back and then we end up lumping it forward. So I think it's more just in the final third, we don't really have many ideas or people who are making creative runs. Um, I feel and that's we've... not creating opportunities for us and that's why we do it. I, I always find that our indecisive nature is our massive problem. Because we're not, we, we don't feel committed enough to go forward and create something. We don't feel like I can touch this one, uh, take, a, uh, take a touch and then pass it with some venom to such and such or into space. We just seem to take one too many touches at times. I don't know what you guys think of that. I think uh, I would agree with something Tom said, um, but adding there that we were, to be fair, I was a little bit unsure about somebody like Williams playing um, central midfield based on that old favourite word of mine that I'm able to get tattooed as a motto of mine but his lack of experience in playing the role in central midfield um, but somebody like 
Williams, even Scannell, who we've missed through injury um, so far this season, maybe just helps with our creative outlet a bit and helps the centre-halves not having to just hit the ball forwards after, uh, like you say, 45 seconds to a minute of it going across the back four because they are that bit more... have got that bit more nous in finding space because actually what you can find a lot of the time is that although we're blaming the strikers for not making the movement... Uh, I think Tommy Bryan has been tweeting out a lot of passing stats recently and our midfield passing stats seem really low to me. Really low. So is it a case of they're not actually giving the option to go a little bit shorter and to turn what is a 40-yard ball into two 20-yard balls instead? Uh, Todd Gonzalez. Uh, I don't think that's your real name. There are only two realistic targets for me this season, staying up and continuing to exist. And that's how we've set up for the season. A shite result, but I'm not going to criticise them for being careful this year. I've other concerns, but at the moment, they're not relevant to this. Do you think, do you think that's a, a, a fair opinion to take at the moment? I, I can't imagine Dagenham and Redbridge are in any better position than, than we are, as are most of the teams in, in the fourth, fourth division, you'd imagine. But I, do you think this season is a pass and um, do you think fans will accept that? Uh, no, I don't think fans will accept it. Sorry. Um, no, you go on. I think, uh, you know, if we'd have won today, we'd have got the prize money for winning that round. Um, 16 really grand. On, pa- on paper, we should have won 16 grand probably, I don't know, it's probably pays for a week's wages for most of the squad, isn't it? It, it, it um, might even pay for, for, for us one member it pays half of a year's wage of a member of staff yeah Imagine. And, um, not that so they get 32 grand a year i think they'll be disappointed not getting through today because getting into you know once you're into round two if you get a good draw in round two you're into the hat for round three aren't you and then round three's money ball so and then yeah, I, I think survival as a club is potentially an issue. Obviously, we're going to find out in the coming weeks if there's some sort of support package from the top end of the game and what price we're going to have to pay. I think that's a whole other discussion, really, though. Well, we, um, we, we haven't even mentioned that the financial results came out. We haven't got them in detail yet, but the club made a £120,000 profit and that was up until May. So that included almost the, the bunk in the, the end of the season. So financially, we're in a half decent spot, aren't we? You'd like to think so. Yeah. It um, helps when you don't spend <laughs> fuck all, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> when you're paying the players in quavers. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, th- I think that within reason, the fans will accept survival this season. Everybody, you cannot be unaware of the situation within everybody's finances. Mm. Um, not just football clubs, but every business across the world, personal finances, whatever it may be, everybody knows that this could be a very tough situation. But, as Tom said, the the cup competitions at the moment are your chance to get that bonus money. They always have been for teams at our level. And with respect, that would mean that this season it's even more important to have had a good go at today at getting through, you know, 16K today, I think, was it 35 maybe for winning round two? And then, as Tom says, you get into the third round. You've no idea who you get. Admittedly, you aren't going to get the attendance fee, but who knows what the support package will be for um, things like iFollow or if it's streamed on, if it's uh, live on Sky or anything like that and the kind of money that then comes from that. 
those kind of things this year could be, and I don't think I, I don't think Grimsby genuinely in this boat, but they could be the things that stop clubs going under. Do you think, it's interesting sorry. as well because uh, there's um, there's a Spanish podcast called La Media Inglesa which um, oh, yeah, focuses, focuses on uh, English football and they sort of tweet out every week if anybody's got any questions and I asked them if they thought Holloway had been a um, you know a top or a flop since his arrival at Grimsby and the you know they are they're obviously sort of football league experts in their own field um, and they they said that we were about at our level when because they, they did discuss my uh, question and I think that is you know this is the level where a lot of people see us now even though this is our longest this season is our makes it our longest period outside of the second tier in the history of the club a lot of people see us as a Division Four football club now, and we're just sort of barreling around in in the bottom half of that. And because we've been out of the league as well, I, I don't think a lot of people expect more from us. Even though we, you know, going away from home, we've got a great fan base. Um, I think, you know, I was I was watching the game against Barra in the week and I was kind of thinking to myself well I mean there's nobody there but it doesn't really make it that much difference to the atmosphere different to the atmosphere that you get on a bundle park normally these days it's not exactly like popping is it bundle park you know, we haven't we, we've got a solid fan base for the level but we don't get we don't get amazing crowds I mean Lincoln City, to be fair to them, really turned it around when they had that period of success under the Cowleys, which came about through the FA Cup. Let's not let's not forget that the you know the power of the FA Cup is demonstrated very close to home, and and you know they they get huge crowds now. Let's you know let's let's not let's be honest. They get really really good crowds and. We we can't even dream of that. The only the only time we're going to get those crowds if, is if we play a local derby, and we just haven't tapped into that as a club in terms of how you tap into the modern audience. We we haven't done that. It's it's a weird. I I find that's almost the 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 area we're in, and maybe Lincoln sort of totally sort of changed that. But to me, that's that's a city that feels so different to Grimsby. It's forward thinking. It's moving forward. It's got a bright future ahead of it in terms of its both its educational side and its and its um, industries as well. I, I work in the aerospace industries and such, and and the future that goes with that is quite a is quite an exciting one for Lincoln. Uh, Leonardo have just it opened is, something there, and but, I think th- but it's the negative. With Lincoln, with Lincoln, they are so close to loads of other football teams as well, and they 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 are they're competing with way more football teams than we are. You're only an hour from Sheffield. You're an hour from Nottingham. You, um, a lot of their fan base will be very close to Peterborough, and then a lot of their fan base from sort of the east side of Lincoln, uh, the east side of Lincoln, uh, are competing with us, Boston United. Like they're they're, they're competing with a lot more clubs than than, than we are locally to, to attract. Well, well I, I wasn't I wasn't trying to talk about competition. I I wouldn't agree with Sheffield because of the the connections, but Nottingham I definitely would. And and someone who used to live in Lincoln and travel to Nottingham all the time, I used to the, the train on a Saturday used to just be full of, of fans going to watch Forest. 
But one thing, one thing I was trying to make you say is if the town Grimsby has a negative feel around it, I don't, I don't live there anymore. So maybe I'm, I'm wrong. But when I was, when we were in the championship and I was at school, it was just, oh, Grimsby is shit because we're finishing 17th in the second division. And it was, it was always that sort of weird, weird vibe that for somehow we're not doing well enough, even though we're the, the 30th best team in the, in the country or something like that. Um, and, and, there is that negative effect. Away games are different because that's our hardcore group of supporters, isn't it? That's our 3,000, I would say, is a strong base of town fans. And then outside of that, you've got me and you, people like me and you, Tom, who are our fans that sort of go when we can and will go when there's an opportunity. Um, but I don't know. I just think it's something, you need something in the town as well to make you feel good, don't you? Not just the football. I, I don't know. Well, you're right, <clears throat> but we have got something on the doorstep that would help to do that. But I am not aware of anybody really major talking about that. Um, and, and I'm willing to be told I'm wrong, but we've got all the renewable energy which is going on. But yeah. instead, all the talk is, unfortunately, let's not stray too far into politics, but all the talk is of reviving the fishing industry. Yeah. But, so, you know, we're we are in a negative spot because we're going on about the loss of our industry rather than talking about what our new industry is going to be and how Grimsby could be on the map for the entire world. It just feels like it's just how people feel about the town. Like if you talk to 20 people, 20 of your mates that come from Grimsby, I imagine the word it's a shithole comes up far often than, Oh, it's quite a nice place to be. Do, do you know what I mean? I, maybe it's just my mates that are just negative bastards. Think- but. I think um, I think you do have a point. In there was a few seasons ago when, like the, I think it might have been when the election was on, when Corbyn was leader of the Labour Party, and the 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 bottom there was something to do with like the bottom five teams of the Premier League and the top five teams of the Premier League. And there was there was something in that, and you look at teams that have been promoted in recent years and been successful, like Swansea went during their successful period. I think was when their university was like booming and and redevelopment was going on in Swansea City Centre with the stadium and stuff like that. Southampton, I think, similar. I, I do think there is something in that. And, and they're obviously, you know, Lincoln is a booming city in that they're really developing the university and that and the development of the football club has coincided with that. But at the same time, you know, there, there, there's a direct train to Sheffield from Lincoln every hour. You know, they're well connected to many more parts of the country and they are still attracting way more fans in, in the face of that. Like you said, there's loads of Nottingham Forest fans, Derby fans that live Lincoln Way and in other areas where Lincoln would draw big support, they prob- there's probably people who go and watch Peterborough United, even like, you know, sort of Gainsborough Way, you'd probably go and get people who watch Lincoln and they could quite easily be Scunny fans. You know, they, they are competing on, and like then you think Horncastle Louth, that was when I was started going really regular in the 90s, used to read the programme, and they used to do this column in the programme, interviewing people and how many games they've been to, where they're from. And there was loads of Grimsby fans from Louth and Horncastle. I, I just think we aren't capitalised on, we don't make enough of getting decent amounts of support and all the clubs have. Yeah, and I guess that's a conversation to have with the trust, I guess, as well, and, and the board and that how the outlay of the town and the club is. 
Um, we'll go back to some of these tweets as well then. So a lot of people talking about survival being the interest in the point. Matt Woods asks, does Holloway even know his best 11? If so, why isn't he playing them? If you think some aren't up to standard either by quality or fitness, if so, we should be releasing them. It's well worth talking about. We've, we've been in the season long enough. Bill L. Machini, where is he? Okay. Apparently he's our Virgil van Dijk. The, the, the twat can't even get on the bench. Why is he here taking up a wage? From the reserves. Good for him. Presumably <laughs> quite a big wage as well, you would think. Yeah, exactly. I think he should get out of the club. Um, if he thinks some are up to stand, no, he's had that one. It feels to me uh, like he's still trying to work out the answers to those questions. I mean, that's fair enough. Most play- we've, we've only played X amount of games, but we should have a good idea, shouldn't we? Um, let's have a look what else we got. Remember, all we need to do this season is stay solvent and remain in the vision. If we can spend that time developing some good young players, it won't be a disaster. Many are painting it as. Do you think people are, do you think Holloway's coming to this as a two year thought process, maybe? Is that a, a something to cling to? I would think, <clears throat> well, the only thing I would ask is how many of the young players are ours? Yeah, true. You've got probably Ira Jackson and the, the guys we've already got here. And that, and that's You've got, we've got the three lads we've brought in up front Pollock. Gibson. Clifton and Max Wright. Tilly and Spokes. Uh, Tilly, hot Tilly, yeah, in fairness. And but Spokes. then the the seven loanees, I'm not so sure on Spokes, but there we go. Um, yeah. But um, the seven loanees that you would normally look at in our squad, they're not ours, so we're developing for, for somebody else's benefit, unless he's been told that we can sign him in the summer on a free or something, I don't know. So you're talking 14, 15 young players there. But, but not all of them. Quite are. a few of them aren't getting game time. Yeah, half of them aren't ours anyway. So yeah, if that yeah. is what he's planning, um, I would be disappointed. How many? So obviously, Matt uh, Green and Hanson are Jolly's signings, aren't they? And they're probably on a big wage. Who do you who do you think are the biggest earners that Holloway's brought in so far? Williams and Messini, uh, possibly Rose in there as well. Okay, Tom. Um, yeah, Marshney. Williams potentially. He was obviously quite oh, Scannell. Scannell and Rose. Scannell's on yeah, a one-year contract. Yeah, I would say they'd be up there. Is he one year? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Fine. Um, so yeah, that's that's that point as well. I think a lot of them say relatively similar things. Um, Paul Parker sort of did the same thing. Happy for us to survive this season, uh, as I don't think all all in League Two will. We're going to win a few games and lose a run of games. Uh, we're lower in the table, so I don't think any manager changes that. What we it's boring, in. though, isn't it? I mean, I said that at the beginning of the season. Like, we might just be grateful for surviving, and there's probably going to be teams that fall by the wayside. But it's boring. We just I, got. I, sm- I, want we, be, yeah. I want to be in a promotion battle again. Like, 17 and years outside the top tier. That is, sorry, the second tier. We were like, we were decent. Let's be honest. I want to be that fan who harks back to that time, but I want to. I want to be the fan who aspires to us challenging for a promotion and challenging to get into the third round of the cup. How many times do we play a team in in League Two that is decent? Is decent like Salford or Cheltenham this year, and we've just gone. Well, they're shit. Why are we not? Why are we not beating them? Like Division Four isn't amazing, is it? There's there's something really important as well with regards to this just survival. Like, how many people at the moment are paying £10 a game to watch us and I follow? Yeah. Um, 
So over the season, 460 quid that people are going to be paying in to watch us. We're from a relatively economically deprived area. £460 for people who are potentially out of work, seeing reduced incomes, etc., is going to be a lot of money. It is the way the club acted with regards to season tickets and no refunds if you can't come in and things like that. I understand the decisions from a financial point of view, but from a respecting the fans, which is something the club has failed on so many occasions in the last 10, 15 years, and you hark back to things like talking about how operation promotion made no impact on our budget for the season, apparently for that year, and other things that have been said by people within the club and done by people within the club at different points in time, having a squad going in on the cheap and just going, well, we'll stay up this year and we'll be fine, just because we think it's going to be a strange season, is not the right way for the club to be treating the fans. I don't think that you can afford to gamble our future financially, and I would completely agree with that. But by the same measure, if we're looking at it going, if the people within the club are looking at it the same way as some of the fans have just going, well, we'll survive and that'll be it, I would be very disappointed. It's also worth remembering as well that there are teams that are in genuine problems. Southend are, we follow the All Out Sea fanzine, which is really worth a follow, those guys from Southend. They're in crisis mode. They are Doncaster Rovers style 98 sort of season on their horizon. And they've, and, and so that's one spot taken up. You've had Macclesfield that have already gone out of business. And then you've got, what, Oldham that are all, already struggling. Scunny are in free fall. I mean, how, what does surviving look? That's a very low bar. You might as well just put, you might as well get town fans to play. Everyone put in four, you've got to pay 50 quid to play. You make load of cash doing that. And then if we lose 11 nil, who cares? Are you insect mariners? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe not you guys. I've seen you. <laughs> um, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, don't say, I can't say anything. We played against a uh, late in Orient team and we lost 11 nil. We were three nil down after four minutes. Um, but yeah, that was heartbreaking. Well, um, I'll just say the last time the Internet Mariners played late in Orient, we won two one with ten men. So well done, mate. Well there done. You know, thank um, you. <laughs> it's so you're talking about the money thing. So if you spent a tenner on every game so far this season, you've spent 130 quid, and you've you've watched 13 goals. So you ten ten goals ten goals a game, ten ten pound a game a goal. Sorry, Shut I'd up, say guys. ten goals a game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, we're shipping that many. Um, but um, yeah, you'd you'd pay a tenner a goal at the moment. Do you think that's good value for money? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say. There's, there's no way you can even argue the opposite, is there? Let's be no. honest. But yeah, there you go. That's that's my quick math. So please don't point it out if I got it wrong. I was just trying to count. Then yeah, I think that's it. We've talked for quite a while actually. But has anybody yeah. got anything else? We we beat Barrow. Does anyone have any comment on that? I thought it was relatively standard, uh, an improved performance, but wasn't amazing. Yeah, to be honest with you, I actually thought we drew that game 1-1 and I watched it. <laughs> That's how good it was. <laughs> oh, no. I think, for me, the only thing that would be worth adding, and I appreciate that pretty much everything that's come out from me tonight has been negative, but there needs to be something from the club to genuinely clear up this situation over Holloway putting 100 grand into the club, into the finances. Because I, yeah. if sorry, no, no, no yeah, go ahead, on, man. Alex. No, no, you, you're right because I, I was just adding something. Yeah, I, if if it is simply a case of I think the rumor I've seen is it's waiting for his house to be sold. 
which naturally, of course, is going to be affected at the moment. But just come out and clear it up for the sake of the fans because linking to that fans putting money in with season tickets or I follow or buying shirts and other bits and pieces, you know, all the, the things that the trust have done uh, with regards to selling things and bits and pieces like that to try and generate funds, just be honest with the fans because at the moment, I suspect that I'm not the only one looking going, people are putting money into the club that are not particularly well off necessarily. And £130 in the last few months could be quite a lot of money to some people. Where is the money coming from from the board at the moment? Well, can I just... And I'm not... Yeah. No, sorry, you carry on, Alex. Go for it. No, all I was going to say to add, because obviously you guys have seen, we had a chat against Barrow and there was that empty sponsor board space. And I says, oh, well, why don't Mm. we just put a crowdfunder together, give it to St. Andrews or something like that, a little bit of money to be made. And um, uh, so I emailed the club the next morning and I had nothing. And then I emailed them again the next day to, to chase it up, say, oh, look, can we just find out the costs and availabilities? Because it'd be good to, to do something. And it wasn't until like, four o'clock on a Friday afternoon, like almost 48 hours after I originally emailed, that I got anything. And that was to, oh, just give us a call. I thought, well, it's because the ticket office will be busy with the sales, won't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like, do you want money or not? And, and I don't think we're going to go ahead with that now because even if it is available, that little bit of buzz it created going, oh, that'd be great. Um, it's not there now, is it? It's gone. People won't be that bothered. And um, it's just a shame. There are just so many things that just, uh, it's just a bit, just a bit corner shop like, and that's a detriment to corner shops. I don't know. Yeah, I think before we go, we should probably remind people that there won't be a podcast for a few weeks because we're not going to do one after the Football League trophy games, the Newport games off. So, Are we not doing um, one against after Hull? We get to play Hull. Well, I'm not watching it. <laughs> You've, you've, if, for those of you, obviously you can't see him, but Tom has sort of taken up a position on his camera where he looks like a discount James Dean at the moment, smoking a cigarette in a rebellious, in a rebellious sort of style. <laughs> Do, you, okay. <laughs> Do you think there's anything we can do right now to move us forward? Is there anything we can do to inject that level of buzz that level of interest into the club that we we haven't done before is there anything we can do to make yeah, whoever, and play attacking football yeah that and whoever doc spears have got working as their head of marketing employ that person <laughs> <laughs> they could have used the 16 grand would have got today <laughs> yeah well that's a really happy chat i mean i'll be honest gentlemen i was expecting a a, a, a sort of a reasonable like reasoned response but now i feel more sad than i did when i started yeah i'm gonna go set my shoelaces out my my shoes yeah (laughs) i've I've only got velcro because that's i can't tie up uh but um (laughs) it's it's a shame isn't it we've obviously got the game against newport that's going to do you think it's going to be nice to have a bit of a break now and sort of take our time and have a bit of a palate cleanser much much needed time on the training ground i think yeah, I think so too. Like, I hope they're in tomorrow. Let's be entirely honest. Yeah, it won't be. <laughs> That's the spirit. Uh, can I just also say, so I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to hear any fucking apologies from those lot today. I don't want to hear, sorry guys, we were we let you down, etc. Just Just play fucking better. Is that a bit too scary? 
well, maybe a bit too sweary for PR coming from the club, but uh, I would like to think there'd be something similar to that coming out. Just say something like, just, sorry, just, we'll fuck off until we, we get better. <laughs> a Victor and was it Victor Anachibi that sent that or something? They said, you tweet oh, something like, like sorry, we yeah. weren't good enough today and then copy and pasted it. Yeah. Fans were great. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any more it thoughts? It just before? has to be yeah. get better. It, yes, because it can't get worse than this. We can't go in the conference. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, any part, any any words of wisdom or a way to to make us feel better before we go? A Boston United's ground looks really smart. Have a look at it <laughs> on the internet. Because on honestly, the, internet. the pitch they, is glorious. Do they have? Do they still have a live webcams feed that you can watch? Uh, I don't know if they had a live webcam, but uh, the pitch is glorious and they've got some quite funky floodlights. They've got some quite funky floodlights. We have some funky floodlights now. I yeah, think wolves. But, yeah, that's, that's, my, that's, that's basically uh, the most positive thing I can bring myself to say now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to feel better about town, go and watch games at Boston United. You'll be able to see all our greatest players like Andy Thanodge. And I can't oh, remember the, who else. They're playing at the North Home at the minute. so. Uh... Oh, it's even shorter journey for everyone. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we are nothing cracking more. Bar, cracking bar at the North Home if no one's ever been to Gainsborough Trinity. The Blues Bar is... Uh, they also is, do is chips, which nice we don't do. <laughs> they also do chips. We don't do them. And they do them with curry sauce or gravy. So, I mean... That's, that's a good idea. If you want to support town, go support a real GTFC. Go support Gainsborough. <laughs> or Grantham. Or Grantham. No one likes... To. I can't support a team called the Gingerbread Men. It's just a bit yeah, bake-off. I've got an athletics track around their pitch. That is very true. So you can imagine you're, you're, you're watching Italian 90 then. Or, you know, Gate said. So, in other words, that's our positivity on Grimsby Town is go watch someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we... Uh, Okay. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. It will be better, we promise. Thank you, gents, for joining us. We will speak very shortly. See you all later. Bye.